this is forever bowling, this is forever pool, and this is forever cornhole. Uh, these are all a series of casual games that you can play in VR with your friends. So it's super social, especially like bowling because I don't have to worry about renting shoes. And this game is NFL Pro Era, one of Meta's top sports games. Uh, you're a quarterback in the strategy game, and I love actually feeling like I'm a player on the field and I can do my bad dance moves and I can hear the, the crowd cheer. Uh, both of these games or series of games were developed by the help of Mike Pagano Doom. I've known Mike for a long time, and he's been making games at Disney, EA, Zynga. Uh, so the guy knows how to make games entertaining. I interviewed Mike on his thoughts on the Apple Vision Pro and what developers new to XR should know when developing for VR. Friends, here's Mike Doom. Hey, what's up, Mike? Nice seeing you, man. Long time. Good to see you, David. How are you? Oh, man, it's been fantastic. Um, Mike, I've, I've known you for over a decade now. And um, I've seen your journey as a developer and as a founder, working in mobile, working at companies like Disney and Zynga, and then getting into XR. And uh, I remember specifically when you actually co-founded Forever VR. And um, I also introduced you to some of the executive team at Meta, and I was super excited about your project. So that's enough of me introing you. Why don't you go ahead and give an intro to yourself? Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Doom. been making video games uh, professionally since 2005. I'm a production executive who has been largely at the beginning part of the life cycle of a market. I helped EA, uh, I found development on iPhone, so I helped pioneer that. Worked with Zynga to help them convert from, from uh, web to free-to-play. And most recently have been in VR, um, been indie the last 10 years in uh, VR for the last five, founded, founded a company, uh, have a top five selling game apparently, which is wonderful Awesome, and have been, have been really deep diving in VR for the last, yeah, five years. Yeah. And you had a lot of success at, you know, some of the biggest companies in the world making games. What excited you about XR, virtual reality, AR what what guided you to make that transition for yourself? Ever since Lawnmower Man. Ever since Lawnmower Man. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> we we as a po- we as a population have wanted VR from when we even just started figuring it out. What is it? Back in the twenties, thirties, forties. We've we've really wanted to be in a virtual reality landscape forever. So now it's finally coming to fruition. So we're in Gen three of it. I think Gen one was the Nintendo. <laughs> you remember the Virtual Boy? Oh yeah, that was great. And the Power Glove. <laughs> zero zero to headache in five in, in like five minutes. Um, you know the tracking wasn't great. There there actually wasn't three three off uh, controllers or three degrees of. Uh, uh, three dimension of controlling and um three six degrees of freedom six, six degrees I think of freedom. Are we eight degrees of freedom now? I'm forgetting off the top <laughs> of my head. Yeah. And you know, lots have changed. And now that you see Apple getting into the mix, what's your opinion on that? I am so excited. So excited that Apple is coming into the mix. I was very, very happy when Meta brought down the price point of their first headset to $300, which really brought me into the industry, uh, helped me raise raise capital uh, on the hypothesis that $300 will move, uh, as one of the hypotheses, $300 will move a lot of headsets. 
now we look at Apple jumping into the fray with a headset that what what's the cost? Thirty five hundred. Thirty five hundred dollars. But thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's really a dev kit. It's really a dev kit. It's for me. I'm incredibly excited about it because when you look at who the develop who the who the platforms are from their DNA. Apple has been making OSs and hardware as a vertically integrated unit since day one. So I'm really excited for them to elevate the rest of the other hardware manufacturers and specifically also the OS. I'm very excited about what they're going to be doing with the OS and how they're going to create a, hopefully a standardization with how we operate with the uh, inside of MR, inside of XR, inside of VR. So very, very excited. What What are you most excited about? Considering that it's a dev kit, um, you know, I was super pumped just because it's been years and the rumors have been circulating when Apple was going to get into XR. But at the same time, you know, I was a little underwhelmed considering that, you know, first of all, they're, they're only supporting Unity at the box. And then the, you know, some of the projects that they've shown, um, like, um, you know, they, they had, uh, what the golf, love what the golf, uh, it's, it's so, a cool, such... it's a cool game on iPhone. Same you know. with what the car on iPhone, really good game. Oh, okay. Well, you know, with what the golf, you know, uh, it makes sense to have like golf courses, like now materialized, augmented in your room, but of course, it kind of sets precedence like, hey, we're supporting uni Unity, so like we're not going to go as like, I guess, uh, you know, really, you know, elevated shaders and quality of graphics of Unreal. And then showing what the golf, which is a cool game, but at the same time, you're like, okay, you're already kind of painting the picture of what the confounds would be. Do you, do you agree with that? Or you're like, mm, there's a lot more that we just don't know. There's a, I haven't touched the thing yet, but I mean, looking from the outside, looking in, it's... Creating a standalone headset is incredibly difficult. The power that's required to, to do what you need to do to render at a minimum of 72 FPS is insane. Um, the hardware that's inside of there is largely mobile hardware. So having Unity first makes sense. Epic does not do well. Un uh, uh, Unreal does not do well in mobile. It's very hard to use uh, in that respect. I'm sorry, Adam Sussman. When when I when I look at what they're doing with their headset, I don't know. I think it's a little bit too early to really think about um, what the the challenges of them. I think I think the one thing that we're going to struggle with a lot is going to be gestures. Really, a lot of gestures. It's going to be really interesting to see what the um, what the how the vision works and how the vision pinpoint works with the pinch controls. They're going to. They're going to be running into a lot of challenges as they enter into this market where Meta has solved a lot of that stuff already, which is really interesting, um, such as how do gestures work? What happens when you have occlusion? What happens when hands are different sizes? What happens when hands are different shades of colors? What happens when you're wearing a shirt that's a little bit too long? What happens when you're wearing a flowy outfit? So it's going to be really interesting to see. Apple come through and solve a lot of these challenges that we've been seeing that Meta's solved in some degree um, and PlayStation solved in some degree. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Apple throws down inside of this uh, inside of this uh, hardware. Yeah, I, I think what you mentioned con concerning controllers is something really interesting to discuss, considering that most people were expecting Apple to kind of unveil, um, you know, something unique uh, input with hands. Wow. 
if you talk about Apple and for them understanding a mainstream audience, hands versus controllers, hands wins all the time. That's, it's, I it's mean, everybody natural. wants that. Everybody wants that, right? And I, I have some experience at working at Leap Motion. All those things you mentioned, occlusion, different shades that may not register, and that also causes bad experience. But I think Apple, uh, from them actually testimonials, they got that right, considering that they're having small, minute gestures capturing that. But at the same time, what type of gaming experiences can you expect from that? Because you can't be flailing your arms around. Like one thing well, I learned in motion. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, here's not to cut you off, not to cut you off. I was just getting excited. You can kind of see me moving around <laughs> the seat. What, we created one of the very first hands-only games, uh, Forever Darts. Forever Darts, you can use exclusively with your hands and what and with high precision. I was very, very proud about that. But what you come to find is it's still pretty new technology and pretty challenging, not just not just from a input resolution perspective, but also from a design perspective. When you think about what is it for you to interact inside of a system? How do you pick up a dart? How do you touch something? What happens when there's no feedback for the user to understand, force feedback, right? Tactile feedback for them to know that they pushed a button, uh, did the correct action, did the wrong action. It's actually quite challenging uh, from a UX perspective, a user experience perspective, designing for that. Not just that, I've I've noticed a little bit of chatter in 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 on the on the forums about um, Apple's headset about it's supposed to be quick, right? To register, very quick to register gestures, which is wonderful. But I noticed a little bit of chatter of if you move too fast, there's problems, which absolutely there is. Um, so when we did darts. When you throw a dart, you have to throw your hand really quick. We had to train the user to slow down their hand. So you have to start training the user to work inside of the uh, affordances of the system, uh, uh, the system's hardware. So it's not it's so, and it's not just it's not just the uh, the speed of it. It's also the angle by which it's going to be at. So when you're looking down at your hands, when you have an occlusion of one hand or the other. How does it know, am I still pinching? Am I not still pinching? What happens when you have a game or an application where I need to bring my hand behind my head, right? Example, football, bowling. Uh, how do you create gameplay where, uh, where you don't have tracking behind your head? Metas solve that by bringing a controller that has awareness, right, with the, with the Meta Pro headset. But it's going to be, as a game developer, really challenging to create the specific types of games and uh, dare I say limiting um, to create specific type of games uh, because you have to think now I have to go, okay, well, I have a view frustum and then probably a detection frustum of, okay, where are my hands at? What are they doing? And how does that interact with the game? So it's going to really, really put, uh, it's really going to put uh, what we're going to design in games into a little bit of a box. I think you're spot on in terms of that box and what you expect from a higher quality array of cameras, what type of um, gameplay do you think that's going to be unique regarding Apple's new headset? That's a really good question. And I have been scratching my head at what this device is going to do differently than the quest pro than all of the other AR and VR headsets out there. 
I think not necessarily from a hardware perspective, it's going to be different. I think from a software level, it's going to be different. I think, I think that they're going to provide a specific SDK to design certain games, just like they do on iOS, just like they do on, um, on, on the watch that are going to lend themselves to the control scheme that they start out with. Right. So when you think about that, that's going to be, they're going, I imagine they're probably going to push on, uh, how do we use vision in a pinch and then the a pinch, reverse pinch, double pinch, they, they had a few on their human uh, uh, interface design guidelines on the specific types of interactions that they're looking for. So I think we're going to start to make games that are essentially in front of you, hands are in vision uh, with your eyes doing something. So I think that can be casual games will lend themselves over to it really, really well. So think, okay, I'm playing like a 2D screen, right? There's going to be a lot of, I think 2D, I think there's going to be a lot of 2.5D type games that are going to be right in front of your face that will be really easy for your eyes to kind of think like match threes are probably going to be really easy to do. Um, uh, I don't think racers are going to be a big thing. I don't think FPSs are going to be a big thing because if we classically go look at Apple and what, they, what they've made in the past uh, for all of their hardware and software, it's not hardcore. It's not hardcore at all. They're always, always mass market. So it's prob they're probably going to be going. Uh, I, I, I relate it to friends. I relate it to friends in the console industry where Nintendo doesn't directly compete with Sony and Microsoft. And I think that's what's going to happen with Apple and Meta. It's feeling like Meta is the Microsoft and Apple is Apple. Right? And they're going to be creating experience that's just going to work for their sphere with how their users interact inside of that headset. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that was a great analogy regarding quest and its adoption to, uh, users that may want a smaller, a lower price point, right. Compared to Apple, when Apple releases something, they don't care about reaching large numbers in the beginning. All they care not about right is now. making sure not right now, it's still too early. What they care about is making sure that they have the best quality lenses, the best quality camera arrays for hand tracking, eye tracking, which I think is uh, going to open up a whole bunch of possibilities for game developers to, in, uh, to match eye tracking input with hand tracking. So there's that double confirmation. So you you know, you're exactly what your intentions were as a gamer are going to be fulfilled. Agreed. Um, in terms of the um, Apple guidelines, the, the human interface guidelines, Apple does a great job of like putting some framework around how developers should think about their users with the human intention in mind. Mm -hmm. And now they're doing it with Vision OS. Give me, give me your thoughts on, on that. I love, I love that they're doing that. And I had a chance to read through the documentation and I'm really impressed with how savvy it is and go figure from a design first company. Of course, they're going to do it well. Uh, when, when, when I look at it, it's one of the biggest challenges that I have faced as a developer is, is designing for, for humans. When I say humans, you would think that an interaction would be the same between all humans. Like it is like with a touch on, on an I, on, on an iPhone. Oh no, it is not how you throw something, how you move your arm due to is all different every time that you do it. 
every time that you do it. So there's a, there's a gigantic, gigantic challenge for us as developers to, to create accessible, accessible interactions. And that's one of the things that Apple is really pushing on initially, which I think is the right move. For example, when you think about, when you think about users, how do they play? Do they play standing or seated? What we found over the years is most people play seated. Are they able to turn their chair? Most of the time, not. They're usually sitting down in a relaxed position, which I like to call relaxed, uh, relaxed seated play. And so we have to support not just relaxed seated play, but prone seated play in a chair, full, full, um, full room scale, right? Where I'm standing, small room scale where I'm standing, but in a constrained area. So, and how everybody interacts is just slightly different. So I'm, again, I'm really, really impressed with Apple thinking about that thinking about the user first, because that's going to be the most important thing. That's going to be the most important thing for you designing for this new, this new interface. So I'm really excited with how Apple is approaching it. You know, it's 2023 and Apple's entry into the market is going to make waves in terms of how we interact with games. And we discussed some of that, but what do you think is uh, going to be very different from Apple's perspective of shaping the VR industry? <sighs> Well, the, hopefully they, they lift the industry up um, uh, uh, and attract more interest. Of course, we always want more players inside of here. Meta's done a fantastic job about bringing more players into this sphere. Same with Sony. Um, I love that everybody's working together to help prove that XR and VR and MR is a thing. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about, and it's going to be a little bit weird, the thing I'm most excited about is them actually making a wonderful OS. Uh, when I look at Meta, um, when I look at Meta, they do an excellent job with creating new features really, really fast, but it's a pretty unstable platform with four different variants that are out there all the time. Apple is very, very good about creating OSs and distributing them. They're very mature about doing that. So I'm excited to see a mature hand coming in to really level up how to do an OS and how to do updates into an OS. Example, if you leave your headset, your, your Oculus headset sitting there for a month and you come back and boot it up, you have to reboot it 20 different times. It's reminiscent of old Nintendo. <laughs> It's reminiscent of old Microsoft um, of, oh, I just got to keep it. Did you reboot it? Oh, that fixes it. Did you blow so, the cartridge? Uh, right. Did you blow on it? Did you, did you hit it a few times? <laughs> so I'm really excited about the mature, the mature approach to hardware and software as a vertically integrated unit that Apple is bringing. So I think the, I think that's going to level up the rest of the game. When when I think about Sony, they do a great job, but they're they're a game console first uh, and a VR headset second. So they do excellent excellent job with making wonderful VR gameplay. But they're not really pushing the envelope on well, what is it to be an MR? What is it to be in VR? Where Apple and Meta are? How do you interact with things? How how as simple as how do I push a button? Like no kidding, I'm very excited about Apple coming in and leveling up the UX and the UI UX affordances uh, and capabilities uh, of just interacting inside of that world. So very excited about that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think there's going to be two different forms of um, virtual reality and spatial computing 
And um, I think those are also going to be two really distinct different markets. Um, what do you think from your perspective as a developer that's been building games on traditional 2D screens and also for VR, what are the main um, expectations that you have for Apple and its uh, growth of a developer ecosystem? I think my expectations are they're going to be using their playbook that they've been using for their previous platform since I've been involved with Apple. So I, I was uh, originally pioneered way back in the day, the click wheel iPod. I put games on that. I put games on the iPhone and then the iPad and then the, I, and then the Apple Watch. As, as I look to see as they develop their hardware, they, they definitely follow a pattern. And the pattern for success is you VIP in with uh, some of the best video game manufacturer or video game creators to create some experiences that are laser tailored for your platform. Um, that generally comes year two, year one, the hard headsets just going to go out. Everybody's going to take a look at it, kind of get an understanding of, okay, is this a viable market? Is it going to work? How is it going to go? Year two, the, you'll start to see bigger games come out and more white label games start to start to launch. Uh, so you'll see hopefully a couple of big guys and then hopefully, a, 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 then probably a collection of smaller developers that have been in the VR space for a long time. Then ideally what they would do is then they'd open it up. Uh, this will probably be closer to year three-ish. Um, open it up to a, a larger mass market after they've kind of proofed it with some of the bigger players inside of the game. Got it easier and easier to use. So notice that kind of three-year, that three-year, um, uh, that three-year cycle to really start pushing this into mass market. And really my hope, my hope with Apple is they stick with it. They really stick with it. Uh, the the creating a new creating a new paradigm with how we interact with hardware is going to take time, and that's going to take iteration. So it's going to take years to get there. If we, I, I like to relate it back to Microsoft again when they went back to Xbox. They're still going, right? They're still improving. It takes a long time to really win. Um, and there will be lots of headwinds. So I really hope they're in it for the long term and really pushing on it really hard. Yeah, I, I, I think they are. Just, you know, they wouldn't make that type of investment. Uh, and also, it, it, they've just been in Agreed. development for so long. Yeah. But you touched on a couple of things that are pretty interesting in terms of... Um, what content might be. You've been focusing so much on social. You've actually brought mainstream experiences in VR from bowling to darts, and it's very yep. social. And I think that's what Meta's approach is as well. I mean, Zuck has made that uh, statement internally that there, there are two different types of audiences that they're trying to attract, and Meta's always been focused on social. And mm -hmm. you've always focused on social and working on social games, even for Zynga. Yep. What do you think social looks like in, in the Apple headset, considering that you know, the price point is very high, so it's not going to have a, a huge audience from, from the get-go. But what do you think social plays in terms of what Apple may bring? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a bit slow to get there because they're also really focused on privacy. I mean, I think specifically with this headset where you're getting so much biometric data uh, of how you operate, it's they're going to they're gonna be very careful with that, whereas... Meta is not. They're very much in the social. But when we take a step back and we look at the VR consumer of who they are and what I've seen over the last few years, two different types of consumer. Uh, 
you have the always online social consumer, uh, which is not the majority of the audience. This, this consumer is generally younger, which makes sense why Meta has pushed the age gate down to 10, because I've seen, in, uh, I've seen younger kids even inside of Rec Room, They're all in rec inside room. of multi, <laughs> like inside. So I worked on, uh, or I am part of Status Pro, the NFL VR video game. Um, so NFL Pro era, which is a top five game, huzzah. The uh, what we there's a lot of there's a lot of younger kids inside of there so uh, who are very social who are online all the time that that look at this platform more as a connect with friends from anywhere in a public pool in a playground type scenario where we just give them the tools to play and they have a sandbox arena to go back and play. I've seen that successful in a few different places. You go look at gym class, you go look at rec room, and you go look at the like uh, similar type products. There's a very specific demographic that loves that, usually younger. It does go older. There are a few older folks that that uh, <laughs> of our age, was it 40s, 50s, 35, was it 35 plus, um, that are online all the time, but it is the, it is the minority. And really the majority of users are more like console, right? Much more like console. Those are your those are your teenagers plus, um, largely male that are into hardcore games, first person shooters, right? That is their biggest and best genre inside of Meta. Um, one time downloads make the most money um, from what I've seen. So when I think about when I think about the consumer. And the approach of each one of the different platforms, I know they're saying a lot about, oh, like social and not social and one time down and, 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 and to single player experiences. The reality is you got to do both, right? So though they're going to put a lot of lip service to like Meta's doing a lot of lip services to doing more social, they are going to push on that heavily and give you the tools for it, which is great. So you can do it more there. Uh, but really, you're going to be making most of your money doing single player games, which is ridiculous. Um, uh, and then, uh, I, by and large, there are there are a whole bunch, whole bunch of 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 uh, uh, whole bunch of exclusions there, right? So, I mean, there are quite a number of multiplayer games that are being successful, but it's in the minority. So, when you go look at Apple, they're not with the privacy concern. I don't, they're not going to be pushing on the social really hard, but I don't think that's going to be a detriment to them. They're they're going to be able to release these single player games and make a ton of money doing it. So I think both strategies have credence, and I think they're going to be kind of blending uh, as we get to that year three mark. Uh, we'll probably start to see more social stuff coming up because, like, no kid inside of VR, inside of VR. It is like you're next to somebody. Having having that sense of presence is one of the coolest things on earth. And Apple knows that, in my opinion. If you go look at the SDK, they're already planning for doing shared watch parties, just like they do with video on, on their iMessage, right? Mm -hmm. um, right, and FaceTime. So they're pushing heavy, and then they're bringing some of that tech in. So once they get through this whole privacy bump, I think think they'll be pushing much, much more on social because it is, it's great to be together with friends and family inside of a world together. I can't tell you how many times that I've gotten stories from our users over at Forever Games of we've reconnected with my family. We bowl every Friday night together. We live in different countries. 
So it's just, it's a wonderful utility tool to bring people together. So we'll probably see Apple not push on it super hard. Long-winded answer, right? Long-winded answer. No, that was well, great. We'll see Apple not push on it too hard initially, but I think that will be coming. But we will see Meta pushing on it really hard. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you know, with your background, you've made games for different genres, different platforms. What do you think are the opportunities for, let's say you're a new game developer uh, interested now in XR considering Apple's new announcement? What are some of the opportunities and challenges for developers to go into VR today? Yeah, opportunities are it's actually quite easy to adapt your game from your uh, initial platform over to these new platforms. Having If your game is built in Unity, it's actually relative, relatively simple. I did air quotes. It's still a lot of work, like a lot of work. But it, sh it should well position you if you made your game portable, like mobile developers generally do, uh, to bring the bring your application or game over to, say, the Meta headset or hopefully the Apple headset. So as long as you're building in Unity, it should be okay. When you're thinking about approach, and now I'm doing that adaptation of this new game that I or application that I want to bring over, you really need to think about a few things. One, make sure it's 72 frames or above, ideally 90 frames per second, ideally 120 frames per second. It really matters. It really matters. When you start dipping below uh, 72 frames per second, your brain, like, does not like it and it will give you headaches it will give you terrible headaches when you think about when you think about your gameplay you want to think about how do they interact inside of this world when i think about the new platforms that are coming out are you going to create a game that's able to use controllers and pinch with visuals so you have to really think about how you're creating your game it's which type of platform it's going to go on and how the controllers kind of work now, when you think about when you think about the consumer and you hear about simulator sickness, it is a thing. People have a very, very hard time jumping into VR without getting headaches, and it does take a while for them to get into it. Um, even so much so, male and female brains uh, interpret motion differently. So you'll find that females will get more sick inside of your games than men when you're moving, which is kind of crazy, right? Nuts, <laughs> um, which we've seen through time and time again through testing. But here's the thing. Don't be scared about simulator sickness. Um, it's, it's an initial impetus to, for users to jump in from a casual perspective, but from a hardcore perspective of people who are into VR, it's not really a thing. People get past it really quick. Locomotion is absolutely a problem. Absolutely a problem of going to an object as opposed to objects coming at you. When you think about casual versus hardcore, casual audiences, it's much, much easier for their brain to interpret game come at them like Beat Saber, right? There's a reason why Beat Saber is so dang popular. You don't have to move from point A to point B. When you move from point A to point B, all of a sudden you turn into a hardcore game. So think about those things when you when you start coming in um, and, and really start thinking about your game. And one last thing to really think about, which is which is a little odd, but it really makes sense. You really need to think about spatialized audio. Audio helps immersion and bring you inside of the world. It helps people... Uh, so it helps your game design of you can hear something behind you and it's literally behind you and you want to go look around. 
You want to create these atmospheric type experiences that are all around. So like example in bowling, when you go walk over to the ball return, you can hear it humming. But when you walk away, it stops humming. You hear the fan when you're underneath it. You hear your footsteps and other people's footsteps that attenuate based on distance. That matters. And don't trivialize it. Because when you go, when you, when you implement it, you're going to have to think 3D volume, attenuation. How does it work from spatialization from left ear to right ear? So example, we, 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 we put in our first time we were going inside of bowling, we tried to do really, really rad music where we put two speakers on both sides of the dude's head, right? Or the user's head, the dude, the user's head. And what happened was there was a milliseconds of de desynchronization between the two that made your head want to split. Mm. Right. So there's a lot of weird, weird and interesting things with the VR that you just wouldn't think about. So when you're coming in and you're really jumping in, go play all the games that are up on top 10, right? Oculus makes it really, Meta makes it really easy. You can go see what's popular, go download them all, see what they're doing from a UX perspective, from a controls perspective that's between them, because there's a reason why they're selecting both smooth and snap rotation. There's a reason why there's teleport and smooth locomotion, right? It helps people immerse themselves into it, which I think there, there you go. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot to one. That was fantastic. I think, you know, to sum it up, you, you know, People, developers interested in XR and, and jumping in, hey, go go play some of the top games on Meta. They do a great job of curation, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that are different in terms of understanding perception, human perception from locomotion mm -hmm. to movement. Mm -hmm. Those things just have to be studied. In terms of um, the industry as a whole, how do you think cross-platform, you know, cross platform between meta and apple do you think that would ever happen or are we not really going to live in a metaverse that's that's going to be open for all what, what's i really hope so i mean i think it's silly if they don't do that like it's it's we're in my opinion of one opinion of one i i think we're in a world where cross platform is just a must uh when i when i play when my friends play when kids play the the headset is just a medium to get to the content it shouldn't matter if it's a 2D screen, a 3D, a, a smoke signals, right? Um, people need to be able to get connected together regardless of the headset if the game supports it. So I think cross-play is a must from every game here on forward. I, I agree, but, that's, but then again, you know, there's games on Sony or on Microsoft or Nintendo. We're still not the state of cross-platform even with 2D games. So... What would be different Agreed. in in 3D or or from you know in VR and XR? Um, do you think the real metaverse? What's what's your first of all? What's your definition of the metaverse? <laughs> uh, metaverse. I think it's a silly term that people are inventing to uh, uh, that um, to try to get an idea of what XR and VR is and. Everybody thinks snow crash. Everybody thinks, uh, um, yeah, a lot of snow crash. In my opinion, the metaverse is the internet, right? It's already kind of there, which is a has a has standardized protocols where it has a dis uh, that is uncontrolled by anyone that has three D worlds uh, of that have slight interoperability between each other. You're able to do everything in your life on the internet. So to me, the internet's kind of the metaverse, but 
what people expect today of what the metaverse is supposed to be to them from what I've read from the Matthew Ball book and everybody's idea of having this shared 3D space that people are going into or 3D spaces that interoperable between each other. Yeah, awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be super fun. I think I hopefully it'll happen. I think the problem that we're going to uh, that, that, that we're running into is, you know, everything's developed differently completely, even if on the, even if it's on the same engine. How do you have the protocols to be able to share, right? Just like a, a bit of information. That means they have to work together if there isn't standardized protocols. So I think it's going to take a long time for us to get there, right? And I hypothesis is we're probably just going to be using the internet as that and people are going to realize it. But, you know, that's cyberspace. <laughs> that's yeah, a metaverse. I have a opinion. theory. I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, you're never going to get over overcome licensing issues you know as long as that we have civilization we're going to have laws and we're going to have ownership so i don't oh, think yeah. there's going to be a lot of crossovers unless you know they're 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 regulated or or at least approved and that's why you see like or if it shows the money for everybody involved yeah or uh, benefits and kpis right that's positive right. kpis that's right and that's why you see like nintendo partnerships with ubisoft characters capcom characters yep. with you know other platforms like uh, microsoft and sony you know i, I think uh, what you did say was really interesting, and I and I do agree that we have the internet today. We have cyberspace, and you can jump into any experience if you want. But you know there there are going to be lanes that you have to stay in. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think what people don't really understand is that once people are actually engrossed in a in a three D environment, and you're sharing three D models, and you're in a three D mm -hmm. space with other people. That I think is really the definition of metaverse, and we're just not there yet because there hasn't been mass adoption. But yeah. um, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, what what do you think? What do you think will take for for mass adoption to happen? Because Apple released a dev kit, so that means, like you said, three yeah. more years until like they get it right, the form factor, the price, etc. Yeah. Uh, after all, the early uh, adopters have taken over, and they want to get into more mainstream after they pass the chasm. What, what are your thoughts in terms of getting that adoption of XR to, to make it so ubiquitous that even, even your parents are, are wearing it? I mean, the hardware has to make sense is really, really what it is. Right now, headsets are headsets. People don't like to put stuff on their face, right? They just don't. So that's just going to be self-limiting right there. Once we get the form factor down to something that people would want to put on their face, especially all the time, like glasses, right? Contacts. I mean, that's kind of where it's going. But we'll so as the unit gets smaller, I imagine my hypothesis is uh, market will continue to grow as as headset size shrinks and becomes to a better form factor. Weight is a problem, huge problem, huge problem. Uh, having that thing on your face, regardless of weight distribution, it's just a lot on your face for a few like thirty minutes. So how you could do a, a four hour work session? where you're going to plow through whatever work that you're doing, like a document or coding or something. It's heavy and it hurts, right? It stinks. You're also looking at a virtual screen for a really long time. So there's a lot of hardware issues I got to solve. Anything's a battery pack, um, or I'm sorry, the battery problem. How are you going to keep this thing powered? Uh, it's interesting. Apple went with the hot pocket battery. That's going to burn people's pockets so bad. I, hopefully they call it the hot pocket battery at some point. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And, um, and hopefully it doesn't catch on fire. <laughs> I, well, of course it won't. Of course it won't. Apple makes good, high quality product, high quality product. My wife worked at Belkin. So I got a little bit of the, uh, a little bit of the idea of like how they create their hardware going, Oh, wow. They're really advanced. Um, 
no NDA stuff. I didn't get any of that stuff shared, but yeah, no, it's, it's going to be really interesting for mass market adoption. So, so that's, so from we, so bucket number one is hardware. It's just got to get smaller. It needs to get lighter, needs to get faster, which is just time, right? Iteration and cycle. So great. Next is price point. So when we think about when we think about price point of a, of a device, we have to think of the device in two different categories. The first one that we have to think about is what what VR headsets are today, which is a console. It is an additional unit on top of everything else that you own that is its own unique thing, and it's driving more like console style behaviors, right? Um, so that's why you see a lot of males ages 13 to 55 playing single player content of first person shooters because that's what it's attracting um is 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 a console style audience and but when what you think about is what apple makes is utility devices so phones watches right so now they're trying to create a new category of of utility once they're able to get that utility to a price point that makes sense I think we'll start seeing more mass market adoption. So in the current, so taking all that rigmarole and putting it together, you say, okay, well, well, if they get the hardware down to a specific inflection point at a price point that makes sense, we're going to see units fly off the shelf and we're going to get a lot more mass market adoption. So Meta had that for a little bit. It's very interesting. And it's going to be very interesting in the next, next year um, when they decrease the Quest 3 headset back down to $300. When it was $300, it moved a lot of units. Uh, when it increased to $400, I saw my sales have overnight, just a hundred dollars more. People just don't want to buy it anymore because it's still in that kind of console ideology. When we get to utility device and we actually, they prove utility in it. I think they can start to command closer for mass market, closer up to $800, right? Cause if you go look at, go look at phones, go look at watches. Um, so it's probably going to be somewhere between, 500 to a thousand bucks, I think is going to be okay for mass market adoption. If we're able to prove that this device is utility and, you know, personally, I think it's going to be a tough, tough sale initially. Um, and it's going to take a while to get there, but we can see it. We know it's going to happen. Spatial link, spatial computing is a thing. Here's, here's the example I love to give everybody of where it's going. I want to point at that light behind me and turn it down. Okay. How do I do that? Well, we're solving that literally right now, right? Um, imagine a smart bulb with your Apple headset. I point at it and I do this, boop, boop, boop. And then a little interface pops up, a 2D interface, because we're not ever going to get away from 2D interfaces because they're very, very, very important. Um, we're going to go, okay, now I can. Now I have a dimmer switch, dim, and then it dims that light. So we're going to start seeing practical applications through this with this MR headset, which is going to be really interesting. Um, but... It's going to take a long time to get there. Long time to get there. Yeah, I, I was really actually quite surprised when Apple um, just this week had released their emulator. They released their emulator where they actually include a whole bunch of 3D spaces. They're, they're fake spaces like, yeah. you know, here's a living room, but here's a living room in the nighttime and here's your kitchen. Mm -hmm. And that way developers can actually start emulating uh, AR experiences and, and creating yeah. them. And also the examples that they shared, they, they shared this kind of a game example, um, to your point, you know, locomotion and throwing up while wearing an XR headset socks <laughs> and basically they did the heart game, wasn't the it? Heart it was game, like, beer, yeah, beer, that beer, would yeah. shoot, you know, uh, di different uh, aliens, but they would come at you. And, yep. 
and, and at the same time, I was a little bit underwhelmed in terms of the examples because then they showed how Safari would look and they were just like 2D screens on top of your headset. But I'm like, well, it's still very early. But at the yeah. same time, I'm not seeing um, any of the innovation in terms of the examples that they showed. Am, am I being too biased here or, or, or giving them too much of a, a hard time? No, I think you're giving them the, the right amount of guff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it didn't seem rushed, but at the same time, I didn't feel like developers. It feels like gonna... iPhone one. It feels yeah, like iPhone one. It, it doesn't seem like right? something that developers are just going to get excited about. And I don't, I don't hear that chatter as well. Um, what yeah. have you been hearing from other developers or other businesses thinking about XR? What, what is your general perception of people who, who know about this headset or seen this coming? Yeah. What, 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 what's the... the word on the street? General chatter is excitement that the headset's coming to help lift up uh, lift up all the other companies as well to help generate more buzz to uh, translate to more sales. Initially, we're all of the mindset that it's going to take years for Apple's headset to prove to be a viable market for developers. Because when we think about the units of headsets being sold, just like PlayStation, PlayStation was they're hitting. They they thought they were going to hit two million, then they halved it. It kept oscillating. So they're somewhere up in the million, right? I think, I don't know. Um, and then, so then we look at the projections that the analysts um, are thinking about with this current headset um, for Apple. And they're they're talking somewhere between 500,000 to 2 million. So relatively similar. Um, when we think about that as a developer, great early technology, absolutely want to be first mover in there and do a land grab of content and category. Um, and so we'll see that, but in terms of a revenue, in terms of revenue, we're all, our, our chatter is, well, we're going to be sticking with meta for the next, I don't know, three years until there's enough headset adoption where it like, where it makes sense for us to, uh, go full bore into it. I think what we'll see is in the next, uh, a year or two is it'll be another headset that will be supported. Some developers will, uh, use that as their lead device. Others will use it just as an adaptation um of their existing uh so it'll look more like the fragmented mobile market where we have multiple different competitors so sony apple meta pc so we're gonna have those four and that's what we're going to be developing on so that's that's the chatter that i've been hearing for the most part like excited but excited that it's going to be going to push the industry forward and then pragmatic that well, near-term sales are going to be on the other platforms for the next few years. So better be betting there as well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think developers already have kind of um, uh, a great relationship if they've build, been building for XR with Meta, um, yeah. Meta support. Um, I mean, the documentation and the developer support is, is somewhat matured. What can Mr. Tim Cook learn from Doom regarding the pros and cons or you know, the, the, the tribulations that you, you experienced developing for meta that Apple okay. should learn from two, two, two things. One is be really nice with your dev, be outbound, go court them, bring them into your system. Meta did that very, very well. They're very open. They're easy to get a hold of, and they are cagey with dealing, giving information, but they're, overall very easy to get into so for a the barrier of entry just like what ios was for mobile uh is what meta was doing inside of vr which is they provide a really good sdk a lot of wonderful documentation a lot of really good examples thank you carmack and team uh so i think they should really take a look at that 
the other the other side is I think they need to uh, talk internally together. Um, one of the things that I found as a problem inside of Meta is while the uh, while the company is very bullish on 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 pushing forward innovative ideas, it's very disparate and the teams don't work together. So they don't talk to each other. So what I find myself doing is I'm talking to four or five different contacts that don't talk to each other that all have a completely different win state. And so it makes it quite challenging to understand, well, how do I navigate that to make sure that my game's a hit? Do I talk? I got to go talk to the store team, the OS team. I have to go talk to these PMs. I have to talk to this marketing staff, but they're not talking to each other. So I need to have one resource that's sitting in between each one of them. Now, Apple, it would be wonderful for having a single point of contact um, who brings in the other um, the other uh, uh, the other departments. Right. And has a legitimate DevRel um, has a legitimate DevRel uh, function. Uh, do, do not take what console is doing. I guess is the <laughs> other note. Don't like Sony's good as Sony, right? They, they Sony's have a specific, Sony. <laughs> they're going to have a specific way of working and it's going to be the way that Sony does it. Um, which, you know, good and bad and specific things, love them, but hate them in specific ways. So yeah, it's really, really when, when thinking about meta, it's try to have a little bit better of a DevRel function, but really really look at the documentation and the examples that they have created. That that's totally on point. I think, um, you know, someone at working at meta, it, it, it was, it's such a big ship and there's so many different groups and so many different departments, but I also experienced the same thing, you know, firsthand that people are just not talking yeah. to each other. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. from doom's perspective, what do you think are the games that are going to first make their initial, um, you know, a segue into the Apple Vision Pro. I mean, do you think they're going to be lightweight games? You mentioned puzzle games, but are we going to have a whole bunch of fart apps, but in XR? What, what, what do you think? <laughs> what's what's Dune's pre predictions? I think, then, then we see, uh, was it Rec Room was one of the apps that was featured mm -hmm. on yep. one of their videos. So Rec Room's absolutely coming. Who knows if social, it's going to be 3D? Right? And, and that, that's, well, it's social. The thing that I'm, so the thing that I don't know is how is, so they said they're going to be supporting Unity, but how good right? What, how can I push the device? It's, it takes a lot of work to be able to hit that 72 uh, frames per second within making the world look really good um, and having gameplay associated to it. So it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned Rec Room, right? So that, that's a social um, game. So I think, I, I think, I, so I think Rec Room is, is, is a big one. I think what we're going to, probably see initially i think there was wasn't there a partnership also announced with xbox i thought there was maybe i was wrong um regarding what like access to their controller or being access able to... to their content and huh, bringing it in a 2d screen so i think they're going to do a big push on 2d first and i bet you they're going to pair a controller to the headset with bluetooth probably yeah they, they, so i think they're going to push that. pretty hard there mm -hmm. um I doubt that I'll see and just thinking about apple and who they are and and how they do their walled garden um, they're much more of a mass market. So I think they're going to be pushing harder on, on games that you've seen. And this is me just speculation. Cause I'm not talking about this stuff, by the way. Um, 
I think it's going to be more uh, casual style games. So uh, more of your temple runs, more of your match threes, more more puzzle solving, um, and more gameplay that comes at you and seated play as opposed to first person shooters, racing games. I think they're going to push more of the hardcore style games over to Meta, over to over to Sony, just like. I, let, let's bring it back to just like when Apple was Apple and Microsoft was Microsoft. Do yeah. you remember when Bill Gates came out? It was, it was Windows 98. It was 95 or 98. He came out as the dude from Doom, right? As the keynote thing to rope gamers in. So it feels like Meta's doing the gamer first strategy, which I love. Um, and, and Apple's going after more of the application utility. And so games are a bit of an afterthought, but they can't stay away because we're going to generate all the money for them, all the money. <laughs> yeah, so I agree with that. It's going to come like a train. Yeah, I, I totally <laughs> agree with that. I mean, look at, you know, just in terms of Mac's uh, personal computers, they still don't support games <laughs> that you want to play. Uh, they've gotten a lot better, though. I don't know if you've dipped in recently. Through um, like what, Parallel? Uh, through it, through... No, the stores actually like they've been doing native support. I think thank you Unity, thank you Unreal for just like making Mac a platform. So you just it's kind of push button, and then you got to do some testing on it. But it's relatively easy to decrease the cost of porting and adapting games from your PC to Mac. But the problem is, how many Macs actually gotta have a uh, have a That's have right. a chipset, a, a GPU that can actually That's right. push something real good. Mm -hmm. um, and it's you don't find that too often, so you don't see them in MacBooks, which are the most popular, right? Um, but you do see it in their mobile chipsets, and you do see it with their iPhones. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this one if they really start. But I don't think I think they're going to go much more casual, um, much more simple, much more mass market. So closer to Nintendo than like a Sony or Microsoft. Yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, look at Apple TV. You know, they, they did a big push for supporting games, but they're not. Oh, yeah. I think Apple Arcade's in it. Pretty yeah. sure Apple Arcade's in it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. In terms of your experience now, you know, you've you've experienced developing for multiple platforms, working at different game publishers. What do you think would be uh, really advantageous for, for Apple to really hit home and attract the best game developers in the world? Budgets. <laughs> Funding, yeah. <laughs> Funding, man. I mean, that's all what it comes down to us as video gamers. We like we like to have runway so we can experiment and create cool stuff. I think that's really what it's going to come down to. But I think they're going to need to put a lot of time to how to develop games uh, inside of their sphere and being and partnering with. Uh, going back to my previous comments, I think they need to partner with big publishers, big developers, and, and devs who are interested in creating content unique for their platform. And then hopefully uh, working with a bit smaller devs and then ultimately the, the, the community. So I think that's the path forward to win. Yeah. And I think it's going to be challenging considering that um, I don't see in the, their horizon supporting Epic as they do Unity, just because you know lawsuits and stuff. I, I that was my read into it too. When I saw the Unity thing pop up, the very first thing I thought to myself was, "Well, I guess that's what happens when you get in a lawsuit with Epic. I guess they're not going to be supporting that." Whoops. <laughs> but I mean, pragmatically, it's when we think about when we think about a 
I, I do love Epic and I do love their SDK and I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful, but it's, it's console first, not mobile first. And so uh, Unity is basically mobile first. So that's the right platform. That's the right technology to really harness the power of these, these headsets that are basically mobile chipsets. Mm -hmm. That's right. In terms of your experience now, um, being in the space, uh, in experienced in XR, besides the understanding of, you know, uh, local motion and human perception in terms of increasing quality of gameplay, what should developers thinking about XR focus on? Mm. Well, I mean, they should really focus on the second. It's just like every other platform. So we need, we need to focus on the second to second gameplay and make sure that it works really, really well. So as I said before, if, uh, 70, 72 frames per second is mandatory. Really think about your core loop and how your users are using the system. When, when thinking about, when thinking about what the, capabilities are of the headset if you're using hands first how does that work if you're using eyes and hands how does that work uh, or and if you're using controllers how does that work and if you have a cross-platform game how do they work against each other or with each other in a collaborative or competitive style gameplay so really really think about the affordances that your game and the hardware combined can deliver on yeah and um totally agree on all those points that we talked about earlier um what what do you what do you want to see? What does Doom want to see on day one? What kind of games do you want to play on Apple Vision Pro? I went I went two games. I went I went community pool scenarios where I can go into sandbox style worlds um, like Rec Room, like Horizons, where it's user created content that is just basically our metaverse um, uh, uh, VR chat things like that. Would really love to see that, and then want to see really 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 good single player gameplay. Um, that has a lot of depth that make me want to put the headset on and pull the headset back on my head again and again and again. Um, I, so really thinking about games that are not just a novelty, that are legitimately fun to go back and play that have depth. So so things that are 8 to 16 hour experiences that use make me feel that I'm in that world, right? Alex um, has a great, great, great version of that. That's right. Um, Right. So, so for me personally, I want to see more like better, better single player games with depth. And then in social, I really want to see worlds where people can kind of connect in with each other um, and have fun together as a, as a, as a community. That's cool. In terms of any final thoughts on and expectations um, for, for VR developers and, and regarding Apple's specific entrance into the the market. Um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah. I was given Apple a hard time when I first gave a GDC speech about uh, when we were first figuring out how touch worked. And one of the things I knocked them on was, why do you put text below your buttons? When you put your finger over the button, uh, you can't see the text, so you don't know you're tapping anymore. And I just noticed they did the same thing inside of uh, inside of their elements mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Guys, guys, think about your user. Text above. What is the text going to be? So when your finger occludes, well, I guess, I guess your eyes are going to be looking at it. But when you're going into touch, ah, just occlusion, man. Really think about occlusion of of what the user is going to see when their hands and everything are moving around. Mm -hmm. um, I, but ultimately. 
Uh, David, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about what Apple's bringing. I hope that it's going to lift up the market even more. Um, continue to push it forward. Continue to push forward user adoption and push forward how we operate inside of XR. So I'm very excited to see what Apple is going to be able to do with all those decades of years of experience of creating some of the best OS, uh, some of the best hardware that just frankly, David, just works. If we remember back the old ad campaign, it just works. And it really does. I just want something that just works. I don't want to put something, put, I don't want to keep tinkering with my headset over and over and over again. Um, uh, like I do with my current headsets, right? It's a little bit more of a tinker toy. Um, so very excited about them coming into the fray. Doom, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview and, and educating developers who may be interested in developing for XR. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Well, this concludes. Thank you, everyone. Peace out and uh, much love and respect. play on Apple Vision Pro. I went I went two games. I went I went community pool scenarios where I can go into sandbox style worlds um like Rec Room, like Horizons where it's user created content that is just basically our metaverse um uh, uh VR chat things like that. Would really love to see that. And I want to see really 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 good single player gameplay um that has a lot of depth that make me want to put the headset on and pull the headset back on my head again and again and again. Um, uh, so really thinking about games that are not just a novelty that are legitimately fun to go back and play that have depth. So, so things that are eight to 16 hour experiences that use, make me feel that I'm in that world, right? Alex, um, has a great, great, great version of that. That's right. Um, right. So, so for me personally, I want to see more like better, better single player games with depth. And then in social, I really want to see worlds where people can kind of connect in with each other um, and have fun together as a, as a, as a community. That's cool. In terms of any final thoughts on and expectations um, for, for VR developers and, and regarding Apple's specific entrance into the, the market, um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Yeah. I was given Apple a hard time when I first gave a GDC speech about uh, when we were first figuring out how touch worked. And one of the things I knocked them on was, why do you put text below your buttons? When you put your finger over the button, uh, you can't see the text, so you don't know you're tapping anymore. And I just noticed they did the same thing inside of, uh, inside of their mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Guys, guys, think about your user. Text above, what is the text going to be? So when your finger, well, I guess, I guess your eyes are going to be looking at it, but when you're going into touch, ah, just occlusion, man, really think about occlusion of, of what the user is going to see when their hands and everything are moving around. Mm -hmm. um, right. But ultimately, uh, David, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about what Apple's bringing. I hope that it's going to lift up the market even more. Um, continue to push it forward, continue to push forward user adoption and push forward how we operate inside of XR. So I'm very excited to see what Apple is going to be able to do with all those decades of ex years of experience of creating some of the best OS, 
some of the best hardware that just frankly, David, just works. If we remember back the old ad campaign, it just works. And it really does. I just want something that just works. I don't want to put something put I don't want to keep tinkering with my headset over and over and over again. Um uh, like I do with my current headsets, right? It's a little bit more of a tinker toy. Um, so very excited about them coming into the fray. Doom, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview and, and educating developers who may be interested in developing for XR. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Well, this concludes. Thank you, everyone. Peace out and uh, much love and respect.